Welcome to the HSP podcast. I'm Julie Bieland, and as an HSP psychotherapist and founder of Sensitive Empowerment, I'm excited to share this podcast with you. My mission is to teach you how to balance and honor your sensitive nervous system, understand your incredible value, love who you are, and empower you to flourish in your full potential. I love featuring highly sensitive people worldwide to bring unique perspectives that shed light on what it's like to experience life as an HSP. By exploring high sensitivity from different angles, I hope to create a sense of normalization and validation that supports your journey. To further your understanding of high sensitivity, I invite you to explore all our episodes and discover tools in my online courses to help HSPs overcome the challenges of living in a world not set up for our levels of sensitivity. That way you can fully embrace the many gifts that come with this trait. For more information, visit sensitiveconnection.com. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for joining our event today, The Benefits of Being in Tune with Our Bodies. My name is Andrea Weber, and today we're recording live from the Sensitive Empowerment Community, which offers a positive alternative to social media for sensitive people. And you can find us at sensitivecommunity.com. Now, joining me here is Dr. Julia Hip, who is a naturopathic physician specializing in highly sensitive healthcare. Dr. Julia is the founder of Achillea Natural Medicine, where she works with a dedicated team of doctors to help people gain control of their health and find freedom from their symptoms. Dr. Julia works specifically to help find the underlying cause of symptoms and identify what might be getting in the way of healing. She understands firsthand what it's like to be told there's nothing wrong when intuitively the body is telling you otherwise. And Dr. Julia has also been a guest speaker for us previously here on the community and also on the HSP podcast. So welcome, Dr. Julia. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for asking me to be here. I do need to start with a quick disclaimer. The information that I'm going to share here is for educational and informational purposes only and is solely as a self-help tool for your own use. I'm not providing medical, psychological, or other therapy advice. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat any health problems or illnesses without consulting your own medical practitioner and always seek the advice of your own medical practitioner and or mental health provider about your specific health situation. So with that, let's get on to the fun stuff. Okay, thank you, Dr. Julia. And I'm so excited to be talking with you here today about this topic because it really is so relevant uh, for highly sensitive people. And it made me think of my own experience and probably the most pertinent experience I've had with being in tune with what my body was doing was uh, for the birth of my child. And I went through a hypnobirthing uh, process and it was really, really wonderful and really interesting. And uh, hypnobirthing, for those who don't know, is a supportive and nurturing uh, practice. And it includes meditation and visualization and affirmation to help 
uh, get our, mod our minds and bodies prepared for birth. And uh, when I got the little pack, it actually had a badge uh, that I wore when I was at work and when I was out and about. And uh, it said, Shh, no horror birth stories. My baby is listening. And of course, when people would see this, it would always create a lot of interesting conversation. People thought it was wonderful. So that was all about um, bringing in that constructive, positive experience. And my own mother had such a traumatic birth with me. I was just determined that was not going to be my experience and it was going to happen very differently. And by the time it came to that birthing time, uh, I was so in tune with everything, I could have written it exactly how it happened. And it was an amazing, amazing experience. And I often wish I could replicate that intuitive knowing that I had at that stage for other things now that I'm, I'm facing as well. But that was probably the most pertinent experience I've had in my life of being in tune with things. So I'm wondering, Dr. Julia, if there's uh, an experience that you'd like to share of your own with us and, uh, and also if you could share why it's so important for us to be in tune with our bodies. So my whole journey to becoming a naturopathic doctor is actually based on, I had a feeling that something was going on with my body that was not being answered by doctors or wasn't getting the support I wanted. Um, so if you've watched my other interviews, some of you may have heard this story, but I lived near the World Trade Centers on September 11th. Um, so I was exposed to all the, the dust cloud. And so after which I developed a lot of lung issues, which then I was given antibiotics for what was called bronchitis, but I felt tired and hungry all the time. It affected my digestion. So I was constipated and uncomfortably bloated and just breathing felt like there were cobwebs in my chest. And I was just being told, take this antibiotic. There's nothing else wrong with you. Goodbye. Um, so of course I had a lot of stress and anxiety from going through that event, but then added to not getting answers about my physical symptoms, added to anxiety. And it got to the point that I was just being dismissed as, oh, you're just stressed or you're just anxious. There's nothing else that we can do for you. Um, and even my parents didn't believe me initially when I thought there was a connection because the EPA was saying for the first few years, there's no toxic chemicals that came out of the World Trade Centers collapsing. But I was saying, like, this can't be a coincidence. Something is happening. And so I'm thankful now that I listened and kept searching. And I finally found a doctor who diagnosed my lung issues as asthma so I could stop taking the antibiotics. And then I happened to find a naturopathic doctor who helped me with all the rest. And once my physical symptoms were eased and I had that validation of like, okay, I knew something was wrong and I finally figured it out and got the help, then I was able to focus more on the mental emotional side of healing. And then that's when I really started to learn more about my body's different signals and messages, physical versus the emotional. And so it was kind of seeing all that together that really inspired me to want to help other people who are going through this similar thing. Um, and so that's what started me on the path to becoming a naturopathic doctor and why now it's such an important part of the way that I practice to listen to what patients are telling me that their body is saying and to also help them tune in more if they're having trouble with that. So that way we can work together to find answers for them. Yes, that's a... It 
amazing story to share. And, and there's so many similar stories out there um, of, of similar circumstances where people do spend a long time trying to find someone uh, who will listen, who can give them the help that they need and, and put it all together. And I think what you mentioned there when your physical symptoms started to ease, you were able to look at other things there as well, like that mind and spirit connection. And when people start putting that all together, I think it, it does make healing uh, easier for people uh, instead of struggling just to focus on any one thing um, and maybe not getting anywhere. That's certainly been my experience as well. Um, so how does this particular approach of interconnecting the mind and spirit, how does that approach to healthcare help people get to the underlying cause of symptoms? So I look at symptoms or sensations, but also emotions as our body, mind, spirit, which I think going forward, I'll just say body and know that I mean all of those together. Um, so I think that's our body, mind, spirit's way of trying to tell us something. And I also believe that one of the deepest root causes, especially of chronic ailments, is on the mental, emotional, spiritual realm. And this is where I think it gets twisted and people say, oh, it's just stress or anxiety and and the dismissiveness can happen, but that's not at all what I mean. Um, when we have these things, these imbalances in our mind, emotions, and spirit, that can actually create biochemical physical changes, which then lead to even diagnosable physical ailments, but also then experiencing sensations or symptoms that feel very physical, and oftentimes there is a physical component connected to it, but that also has an emotion connected to it. Um, and a lot of these things can't be detected in lab work. So putting it all together with then what we can explore in labs to get concrete answers to the physical um, can be really helpful and important. But I got into putting it all together approaching that whole person because I started working with people who wanted um, to just work on the physical realm, which is totally fine. That's where you're at. Um, but then we got to the point that their lab tests were normal, but they were still either really tired or in a lot of pain or really bloated, whatever they started with. And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. But then I started to see when we were able to get to the stress, trauma, emotions, and release or heal or soothe those, then that just skyrocketed their healing process. And they would, you know, have more energy or sleep better or have less pain. And um, so it just really inspired me and encouraged me more to, you know, also thinking about my journey of how it was, it was the speed and pace at which I needed my journey, but I did the physical first and then the mental, emotional put it all together. So when we can put it all together at once, it kind of helps be a more efficient healing process. And, and I think a big part of that is, as you mentioned before, it's, it's to do with listening to, to patients, even though, even though nothing may be showing up and you may have done everything that you can um, and, and everything is showing uh, on tests as, as, as being where it should be. And, and there doesn't appear to be anything wrong there. So people may have done all they can in, in that respect. And that is one thing I'm starting to notice, or at least it has been in my experience, is that 
I am seeing healthcare providers start to listen more. And I think people are trying to do that because they've, they have recognized yeah. that there is a big need for that. Um, yeah. So, so what are some of the main, oh, sorry, Dr. Julia, go on. Oh, no. Yeah. I just wanted to add because as doctors, we can order tests and interpret them for you, or we can, you know, explain how food and water and movement helps your body feel, but we can't know specifically what you're feeling or sensing. And so finding someone you can work with to put the two together, I think is um, a great way to approach health. Exactly. And it, it, it takes a great deal of that burden and stress away too, when you do find someone that you're able to do that with. Um, so in your practice, Dr. Julia, what are some of the main challenges that you see for highly sensitive people and their health? Yeah. So I'll say my answer is going to be shaped because my other specialty outside of highly sensitive healthcare is digestive issues. And then I also know that a lot of the people who end up working with me um, do so because they resonate with either certain experiences that we share or a certain type of people. Um, so I see on the physical realm, a lot of HSPs struggling with digestive issues, which I see in part because of the connection to the vagus nerve. That's kind of one of our main nerves of the parasympathetic rest and digest part of our nervous system. Um, it's so tied into our digestion. So for running from a tiger, we don't need to digest our food. Um, but our gut is our literal organ of processing. So I see it's a common place for any stuck or unprocessed emotions or stress to get stored. And then if you think about it, it's also the only part of our internal body that has a connection to the outside world because our digestive tract actually starts in our mouth and it's a big tube that goes all the way down. Um, so I see the a lot of connections to boundary challenges, whether it's the physical boundary or emotional or energetic. Um, but really because our nervous system is connected to our entire body, I do see HSPs you know, the nervous system overstimulation or any unprocessed or stuck stuff uh, can show up in so many places in the body. And then on the mental emotional realm, I see common limiting beliefs, which uh, limiting beliefs I think of are either something that we've been told or something that we learned that uh, becomes kind of a negative or unhelpful pattern to us kind of limiting us. Um, so examples that I see show up for HSPs a lot are there's something wrong with me or I'm not fit for this world or sensitivity and emotions are either you know bad or shameful. Um, I know a lot of us have experienced being told, oh, you're too sensitive and it being thrown as a criticism, which is not fair at all. Um, or even things like I don't deserve to be healthy. And so these things I see can impact the healing process. Um, and another way that I think of emotions is that they're our body's way of sending us messages. And, you know, for HSPs, for many of us, emotions can feel so challenging, either because they're so intense or overwhelming, or again, because some of the experiences that we've had you know been told like oh you're too emotional or uh, at least here in the U.S. we don't have a lot of um, societal role models for 
healthy emotions or it's not encouraged. Um, I think it's changing, but um, I that's one of my things that I'd love to work on. Um, and, and it's definitely a journey to heal those stuck or overwhelming emotions or limiting beliefs, but it's so worth it when you're ready and in that place. And then on the healthcare realm, you know, we've talked about how a lot of HSPs struggle to find a doctor that listens to them. Um, and so being dismissed as, oh, it's just stress or anxiety, or um, even if it's your symptoms, but then also wanting to be understood as a highly sensitive person that this trait is real. Um, so I love Julie's letter that she's written to to bring to providers to kind of explain the trait and, and how it may affect. Um, and so one thing that I love to do is for patients who need to go see a specialist or another doctor that they're not sure how they'll be, um, you know, engaged with, we work on how to advocate for your needs or preferences or, you know, build confidence or some boundaries so that if the interaction doesn't go as you'd like, then you've got that support you know it's not personal and yeah just keep looking for that support that works yes well that's what I was going to uh to ask there because and that's it's it's such a good thing that you've mentioned because how how to advocate and also how to uh keep searching and and that was my my next question actually was how what what would your advice be to people who who feel very disheartened because, and it is, it's such a disheartening process to go through because at the same time that we're trying to find solutions, we're trying to find someone who can help. Of course, we haven't found what we need to ease those physical symptoms. We're still looking. So we're dealing with so much all at once while we're still trying to, to search for someone who can help in that way. So, so what would your suggestions be to people who are feeling quite, disheartened about that whole process yeah so I just want to encourage you don't give up if you instinctively feel like there's something wrong keep searching to find any provider and if you can uh, try to find like a naturopathic provider functional medicine or other holistic practitioner because even if they're not aware of the HSP trait specifically because part of that type of medicine is looking at you as a whole person, um, that can often, they'll take the sensitivity into account or be more understanding or have more experience with sensitive people. Um, but also there are a couple ways that as holistic practitioners, we look at symptoms or labs differently. So I actually look for optimal lab ranges. A lot of patients come and they got their doctor's report and all the, the ranges are normal. Um, but I look and see, oh, actually, this is outside of my optimal and kind of helping shift those ranges back into optimal can make a big difference. But there's a lot of tests that we can order that most allopathic doctors wouldn't order, like a comprehensive stool test or a nutrient deficiency test, whatever kind of fits with your history and symptoms. So that can give us other clues that other doctors wouldn't have looked into. Um, but then also we help with lifestyle factors that don't always show up on lab tests, but that definitely affect the physical body. 
for example, not drinking enough water can contribute to fatigue or brain fog or even achy muscles. And that can make a big difference um, in that alone. So if you're searching for answers on the physical realm, which I definitely support doing, I also encourage you when you feel ready to explore the mental emotional realm and how those sensations or symptoms that you're feeling may be tied into that. I mean, as I said, it's gotta be the right time. You have to feel ready. Um, but if you are in that place, then putting it all together, I think again, is efficient is the, the best word that comes to mind. Um, but maybe that's not really the, the best word, maybe the most a profound healing experience. Um, and then lastly, don't doubt yourself. Even if everyone you're seeing is saying, I can't find anything wrong to explain, just keep listening to yourself. And hopefully, even if it just leads you to one next step for you to keep going. Yeah, I, I think uh, very, very good uh, suggestions there because it, it is one step at a time, really, isn't it? To get to and, and to understand what's happening each step of the way as well. And uh, just understanding in, in preparation for things too. And I'm wondering how putting this uh, interconnectedness with the mind, uh, the mental, emotional, and our spiritual well being, uh, how we might be able to work with that interconnection to perhaps help us prepare for things like medical procedures, because this is something that highly sensitive people in particular struggle with. Uh, and it's a whole process. It's not just the procedure, it's before, it's the after, it's taking all of that into account. And if we have a lot of uncertainty, that can bring worry and stress and some anxiety around what's going to happen. So I'm just wondering how we might be able to use that connection to help us get through things like medical procedures in, in the best way possible. Yeah, so I highly recommend starting with any calming or nervous system supportive tools, whether you already have ones that work for you, great, just load them up or explore and we'll talk about some other options in a little bit. Um, but also know that having anxiety and worry around these things is human. And so letting them out can be really helpful, like whether it's journaling or seeing a counselor, just talking to your loved ones. And again, if it feels like the right time, I encourage exploring any connected, either previous experiences or limiting beliefs that might be tying into the worry that you're feeling about the current medical procedure. Um, for example, so I love this story about uh, one of my patients, she was having severe pain to the point that it was limiting her ability to walk and lead the life she wanted to lead. Um, so she was recommended surgery, but she was absolutely refusing to do it because she was terrified of having surgery for a lot of reasons. And as we worked together, we discovered that the underlying fear around the surgery was actually that she was afraid to be her full free self in the world. And once she realized that and, and released it, then she felt much more calm about the surgery and decided that she wanted to do it. And she was also really into astrology. So she picked, uh, like she looked up her chart and found a good date and actually scheduled her surgery on that date, which I think added to her relief and also a sense of empowerment. Like I have control over this thing that a lot of times, you know, I don't know if you had the experience, but sometimes the doctor says you need the surgery 
we scheduled you for this date and you're in. And if you can't say no, you're just kind of in it. So any place you can find those moments of empowerment also. And then for physical body support, if you're working with a holistic practitioner, ask if they have any suggestions because there are things you can do. Um, for example, if you're going to get uh, some imaging that might have dye you need to um, either take or have injected, there's some herbal support you can do to help your body with that, or even things you can do to help prepare ahead of time for surgery and then recover afterwards. Yeah, I, I, some of the things that you're saying there, I, I certainly wish I had known some of those things many years ago, uh, and I'm sure I'm definitely not alone there. Uh, and I think one thing, uh, just as you were mentioning that, it, it made me think of um, scheduling these things. And, and often we do have to go with availability and what's there. Um, but if there is an opportunity to work uh, and, and do things at a time that is, I guess, more suitable and 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 better for us personally, that's always the way to go. And I think sometimes we're put under pressure in these situations where we feel like we almost should have had something done yesterday. And, and I think taking the time to really understand what's happening and what why we're going through that procedure and what it's all about and what we're going to experience, I think is taking that time that makes a difference, I, I think. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So Dr. Julia, in your um, practice, what have you found to be the most beneficial practices that have helped people be in tune with their bodies and uh, and learn and understand what's going on with their health. Yeah. So I first want to say that if you struggle with being in tune with your body or you doubt what you're hearing, don't worry, you're not alone. Just shower yourself with self-compassion, please. Because this tuning into your body is a skill like anything to develop and practice. And you know, it involves trusting ourselves. which if we're not already doing that, it's like building any relationship. Um, and I see a lot of reasons why we may be blocked from tuning in. Some of the things that I previously mentioned, like those limiting beliefs or, you know, we're not often taught or role modeled how to trust ourselves or how to listen. Um, and as you practice, you know, I expect new layers of insight will come over time and um, you'll just learn new things about yourself along the way. And so I also highly encourage seeking resources to educate yourselves, but please don't give your power away and believe everything you read on Dr. Google. Um, there's a lot of anxiety and fear and even misinformation out there. So I know it's challenging. You're like, oh, well, how do I know what to trust? Well, that's a good time to practice. Tune in. Does this information make sense to me and for me personally? And then also, if you have someone, you can kind of uh, bounce that feedback or that information off of to get uh, more thoughts on how helpful it might be. Um, but I love self-guided support also. So books that I've loved along the way are The Intuitive Way by Penny Pierce. The Inner Bonding Workbook by Margaret Hall, and The Language of Emotions by Carla McLaren. And I also so appreciate Julie and all of the great resources she has on her website and in her community that can help kind of build this relationship and skill of tuning in. 
And then anything that helps you feel grounded or centered, feeling into your body is fantastic. And this can be, there's a million tools, but it could be breathing exercises or meditation, journaling, yoga, a focusing meditation, which is designed specifically to help you tune into a part of your body and try to get the messages that it's wanting to send you. And then somatic exercises, I love especially for this. Um, somatic exercises in general are anything that helps you focus on your body and your internal sensations. And some of the things that I already mentioned are count as somatic exercises. But you can also, if you want to find resources on these, you can search for things like somatic movement exercises or somatic therapy exercises for other options. I know there's just there's so many things that that we can do and I think it's getting ourselves into a self-care practice where we're putting those things mm -hmm. as a priority otherwise you know we tend to get busy we forget about it and then we think oh you know I and then the I should have done this comes into it <laughs> so, yes that's a good time to go back to tuning in because it's not about what you should do but what is your body telling you it wants you to do that's right. And uh, and we have a, a wonderful uh, lady here on the community that does very gentle yoga exercises mm. and she does yoga videos. And, you know, we don't have to be, uh, you know, skilled or flexible or fit to do any of those. We can be a complete beginner. So there's so many things that are, are out there for us. So there's some wonderful suggestions there, Dr. Julia. So uh, you've answered all of my questions today. So we might go to the chat. So if anybody here uh, joining us live today would like to ask Dr. Julia a question, if you wouldn't mind popping that in the chat and uh, we can read those out and get them answered for you. Um, but there's just so many things that we can do. And I think it's about taking the time for us, for our knowledge. Uh, I think the more we understand and the more we're prepared to learn and I'll make sure that those books and resources that you mentioned are put into uh, our notes for our replay library and also our show notes uh, for the podcast here as well. So we'll add all of those things in there. Um, I'm just trying to think if there's any other experiences that, uh, that I can share. Um, coming to mind is one thing, though, that you did mention right early on uh, in, in your story that you were sharing um, about how you were having these physical difficulties and when you were able to ease that it was it became easier to look at those emotional and and mental aspects of things and I think there it's sometimes I do see people particularly uh, with things like environmental sensitivities if you're in pain and discomfort it is very difficult to reach for things that can help you emotionally and mentally at that time and I think it is important that where we can ease those physical things we're in a better place to look at those other things is that what your experience would say yeah so I think it's different for everyone and this is also where it's really helpful to work together as a team so you with your providers and what I do with my patients is ask for clues like what is what are you feeling like you need right now? Or here's my suggestions, what's resonating with you? Or sometimes even in just kind of talking through the history, we know where they're at and what they can handle. Or sometimes they say up front, like, 
I can't handle any emotional work. I just need the physical support and that's, that's great. So, um, yeah, everybody is in a different place. So, um, I think it's fantastic if you can work on all the layers together. And I say layers like, you know, you just peel away one and the next, but we're all just kind of a big mishmash of many factors. Um, but it's also fantastic if you know you just need the physical support and get that dialed in a little bit to open up space for working on the other factors. I think that's very, very, very important. Uh, we've got a question here, Dr. Julia, from Jules. And uh, it's, uh, I have heard a lot about grounding. So if one doesn't have a lawn to ground on, what would you suggest? I have seen grounding devices online that get plugged into the wall. Does this have the same benefit? Yeah. Um, so I will say I have no experience with the grounding devices. I feel very sensitive to electronic things and Bluetooth. So I gravitate towards not using those, but I know other people who um, have tried those things and rave about them. I think they do also make grounding mats that you don't need to plug in anything. It's just a mat that you can put your feet on. But even wherever you are, even if it's not on a lawn, just feeling your feet wherever they're touching, if you're sitting in a chair, or, um, if you're even if you're laying down, feeling the, the whatever bottom surface is touching where you're sitting or laying, just really feel that connecting and if you want to, you can even imagine roots connecting the bottom of your feet or your body if you're laying down, going down through your building, even if you're on the top floor of an apartment, going all the way down into the earth. And again, even if you're not touching the ground, that can often help just sink. It's often we're so much in our head, just kind of sink us down into the body. So that's what I meant by grounding. Yeah, so uh, Tammy's just mentioned here, um, yes, a lot of the grounding tools that actually do plug in, they don't actually use the, the uh, electricity are uh, helpful for decreasing inflammation. So some people, I guess they do get a lot of benefit out of using these things. Well, there's a, a lot to look into when it comes to yes. devices and things. And we could, we could have a whole other series of topics on, on, on that discussion. So we have a question here from Becca. Um, do you experience when a patient comes to you uh, about a specific health concern, um, you find an additional health concern that may have been hidden? Yes, that's a great question, Becca. Um, I do see that very often. Um, and I think for, for a lot of reasons. So with anything, um, I, I'm just trying to think if this is true before I say it out loud, but I'm pretty sure I've never worked with a patient who had only one factor causing a symptom. It's usually multiple factors and whether that's multiple underlying causes to that symptom or multiple conditions or health concerns um, going on, but you know maybe they came or only have been diagnosed with one condition, but we actually find other, other multiple things. So yeah, it's very common and that's where um, the healthcare is fun and creative because there's usually no straight answer. Like you have the symptom, we're gonna do this test, here's the answer. No, it's where 
we're like unweaving all of the interconnected knitted uh, yarn that you have going on. So I hope that answers your question, Becca. I think we've uh, we've answered our questions there in in the chat, and uh, we we are coming to the end of our time. So, uh, Dr. Julia, it has been uh, such an inspiration talking with you today, and uh, sharing your insights and wisdom. And uh, if you'd like to connect with Dr. Julia and her team at Achillea Natural Medicine, you can visit achilleamedicine.com. That's A-C-H-I-L-L-E-A medicine.com. Now here you'll find all the information about Dr. Julia's practice and the resources that are offered. So Dr. Julia, is there any other words of wisdom or parting words that you'd like to share with us before we, uh, we wrap up today? Yes, oh, I'd love for you to leave knowing that the journey to discover oneself and the ability to tune in is often lifelong and wherever you are in that journey right now is perfect. It's exactly where you're meant to be. And I hope that our chat has given you some resources and inspiration to keep going and know that you all inspire me as well because the world needs more people listening to their truth and standing strong in it. So thank you for working on your part. And I do believe that there is a special offer that you have, Dr. Julia, for everyone here. Yeah, so I'd love to offer you all the um, focusing exercise. It's a short guided meditation to help you tune into a part or whatever area of your body that's calling to you and try to get some of those messages. And so you can visit my website. Actually, this link is just for you all and it'll be posted in the show notes, but achilleamedicine.com slash meditation. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Julia, for being with us today. And thank you everyone for joining. Uh, it's been uh, wonderful to talk about such important issues here. And uh, remember, if you'd like to be part of our sensitive empowerment community, you can join us at sensitivecommunity.com and uh, we look forward to connecting with you there. I'm Andrea Weber, and if you'd like to learn more about environmental sensitivity management, you can visit uh, expansivehappiness.com. So thank you so much, everyone, for being here. Thank you, Dr. Julia, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. enjoyed this episode and that you'll share it with others so we can help HSPs all over the world know their value. Also, there are so many more resources I invite you to explore that have been created for highly sensitive people to help you reduce the challenges and help you access your fullest potential. Join us for our next live episode in the sensitive empowerment community. It's a special place to connect to me and other HSPs dedicated to growth and empowerment. Visit juliebiellen.com or sensitiveconnection.com to explore all these resources and join us. And please take care of your beautiful, sensitive self.